0: Hello. Good morning. My name is Thad Lanthrop. I am the administrative pastor here at Church in the Valley, and I'm glad that you're here with us this morning as we worship the Lord. Today, we're continuing our message series that we're calling Pressure Points. In this series, we're taking a look at the book of James. The book of James in the Bible is like a life manual um, with godly guidance on some of the most common problems or or questions. That we deal with in life. One of those questions that we all deal with in, in life is what can I do that's going to produce the best life possible? What do I need to do? If you ask five different people um, that the, to answer that question for you, you, you might just get five different answers. Everybody's got an opinion of what can I do that's going to produce the best life possible for me. Some might say that, you know, you, you got to look out for yourself. You've you got to look out for number one. If you look out for yourself, because um, nobody else is going to, look out for yourself like you are because you really know what you need. So you've got to look out for yourself. Others might say, you know, you, it, it's circumstances that, that really are going to produce the best life. You need to um, get a good job that pays you enough money to be able to do what you want to do. Um, others I read an article uh, a couple weeks ago that said don 't spend money on things, spend money on experiences go and, and travel the world go go see go see the world don 't get the stuff, do the experiences to a lot of people, the answer might be knowledge you know we 're told that knowledge is power we live in just an education and information dominated culture that we live in we 're told in our in our careers. Um, if we want to get the, the certain level job, then we have to have the completed some sort of job training um, to get that job or got a college degree. Or if we want to get the promotion, then we have to go to another training and, and do more and more, get more knowledge, more information. And it goes on and on and on in family life. If we're told, if you want to be a good spouse, then you need to read this book. Or if you want to be a good parent, then you need to read so-and-so's mom blog or parenting blog. Or we just, this information, it comes at us from all these different angles. And we have to figure out which, where where do we turn? Where, Where do we look for guidance and help on things? We spend a lot of money obtaining more and more knowledge. And that's not a bad thing because, you know, if we know more then it can open up opportunities for us. But the more that we know doesn't directly correlate to a better life. In fact, one of the main pressures that we all feel in life is deciding what what's really going to make a difference in the outcome of my life As all this information is coming at me. What is what is it? What should I spend my time on that's really going to make a difference? for my life. We have all these ideas, these opinions coming at us, and, and we gotta figure out where do we turn to find the best life possible. If you're a Christ follower, that is that that you have made Jesus the boss of your life, you you believe that Jesus came onto this earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for your sins. If you're a Christ follower then you've chosen the, the Bible to be your authority on how to live the best life possible. But we have to be careful when we approach the Bible because we can. it's very easy to just approach the Bible as any other book and pick and choose the things that, that we want to hear out of the Bible, the things that we agree with, the things that, that are, make the most sense to us. It's easy to just pick and choose those things, do those, and leave the rest for, for other people. So we have to be careful when we approach the Bible. If you're not a Christ follower, then the Bible, it just might, it just might be another book to you. And that's great that you're here today. And if that's where you're at, that, that's fine. That, we're, we're glad that you're here. But I want to challenge you this morning to take a look at what we're saying in this message series. We're talking about the Bible and how to apply it to our lives. I want you to challenge you to take a look at what we're saying. See if there's any truth to it. Try it out for yourself. In fact, we're all encouraged to do that. Acts 17.11 says this. Now the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. We're all encouraged to take what we hear, look at the Bible, and to see if it's, if, if it's really true. This morning, we're, we're going to look at how God uses the Bible to grow us to live the best life possible. James, again we're looking at the book of James. James was Jesus' half brother, and so you can imagine we all have stories on our siblings that not everybody knows because we were there. So you can imagine James' perspective on Jesus' life is 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 a little it's a little different. Siblings have just a unique perspective on the eyewitness accounts of, of the life of their siblings. He also, he wrote this book in a style that's kind of, uh, James is in the New Testament portion of the Bible, and he wrote this book that it, it's the style is more like the wisdom books in the Old Testament. There's some wisdom books in the Old Testament, and James's style is more like that. So that's why it reads more like a life manual. It really gives us some good insights, some good ideas, um, some good truths to stake our life on as we read through james the bible often speaks to us on real specific issues in our life when it speaks to us on those specific issues then god uses that and he challenges us to act on what the bible is speaking to us on recently i was reading in first kings which is a book in the old testament and i was reading about the end of of First Kings, it, it's like it sounds. It's about kings in the Old Testament. Um, and I was reading about the end of King David's life. And as I was reading about the end of King David's life, one of his sons, Adonijah, decided, while his dad was on his deathbed, decided that he's going to be the king. So he declares that he's the king. David has no idea, no clue that that's going on. And he declares that he's the king. Well, ultimately, that leads to his death. But while I'm reading this story, 1 Kings 1.6 said, His father had never at any time displeased him by asking, Why have you done thus so? While I was reading that, God spoke to me specifically and he said, "That You need to do that with your kids. You need to ask them, why are they doing something? If something is causing trouble in their life, trouble with their sibling relationship, my kids are young, so that's mainly what we deal with at our house is conflict and um, relationships. Then I need to ask, why did you do that? What made sense about that? And work with them to try to find a different way. God specifically used that story to to speak to me to try to be a better parent with my kids. And that's what God will do with when we hear the Bible, when we read the Bible. He will speak to us specifically about areas in our life and challenge us to take action with those areas. Sometimes we respond to the challenge. Sometimes we, we fail to respond to the challenge, but we don't want to miss those opportunities when they come. And so we're going to take a look at three points in James that helps us to, to not miss the opportunities of God speaking to us through the Bible. God's word, the Bible, grows us through life's pressures as we approach God's word in humility. James 1, 19 through 21 talks about this. It says, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness that God requires. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. When we read these verses, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to, slow to become angry. It's easy to see how that relates to our relationships with other people. But when you look at the, these verses, the context, what, what we're, is being talked about here is how we approach the Word of God, how we approach the Bible. So I want to take a, a deeper look into what, what do these statements mean for how we approach the Bible. When we hear that we should be quick to hear, what this is saying is there should be no delay in hearing the word of God, when we hear it, we need to, to take it, figure it out and, and apply it to our lives. We need to be quick to hear what it has to say. Now, hearing in, in this um, time period, that was really important to hear the, the word of God, because not everybody had a Bible. At this particular time, Bibles were, were really expensive, somewhere uh, around the equivalent of one hundred, two hundred thousand dollars. Um, In today's money, they were really expensive. People didn't have personal Bibles like we do today. Now we can get the free app on our phone and we've got a Bible ready to go. But they didn't have that. Hearing was really important. And so they had to be quick to hear the word of God. So it's important for us to, to hear the word. But then it's also important for us to be slow to speak when we approach the Bible. It's easy for us to see how that looks, being slow to speak when we talk to somebody, because we've all been in situations where we're talking and somebody cuts us off. They weren't being slow to speak. They were being fast to speak, and we didn't get to finish what we were saying. So it's easy for us to see how that works. But how that works as it relates to God is that when we read the Bible, if we're slow to speak, then we read the Bible, we hear what God says, and then we try to figure out how to apply it to our lives. When we're not slow to speak, what we say is, yeah, I know what the, the Bible says, God. I know what it says about um, how I should relate to my boss. But you see, in my, in my situation, he's, he's not a good boss. And so I need to do it this other way. We use these yeah, but statements when we're not being slow to speak. Then James goes on to say, be slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. We can lash out at, at, in anger with God as we read the Bible and we don't agree with what it says. It, it's easy to get riled up, to get, um, get mad at what it's saying for us to do or what, it, what it's trying to, to get us to do. But we need to approach the Bible in humility like it's talking about in this verse. We need to be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And we also need to do what verse 21 talks about. Which says, therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. When we approach the word of God, the Bible, we need to put away our our immoral and and filthy um, things like it's talking about. But what we really need to do as well is receive the word with meekness. Now, the, the New Testament part of the Bible was written in Greek, and that word, the word that is used for meekness there is, is, can be translated to humility as well. So that's what we're talking about. You approach the word with meekness, with humility. When we say that you're approaching something in humility, what we're saying is that you're recognizing your position related to that person, or in this case, the Bible. You're recognizing that I need to to step down and come under the authority of the Bible. I need to look at what the Bible is saying and submit my life to it. The Bible is not going to conform to how I think life is going to work or or how I think it's going to happen. So God wants us to hear from him. He wants us to slow down. He wants us to, to stop the reactions and the, the yeah, yeah, but I'm going to do it this other way, statements. And he, just, he wants us to yield to him, to yield to what the Bible has to say. In order to do that, we have to recognize that our way of life, that we're, we're, our way of going about life might not be right. That's hard to do. We've been doing things our way for a long time. It's hard to adjust our perspective and think, oh, maybe that thing that I've been doing this whole time, it, it's not the right way to go about it. But that's how we approach the Bible humbly. We start with lowering ourselves and, and, and trusting that God, the Bible, is the truth, and we need to adjust to that. The Bible, it, it's not just a list of do's and don'ts, but it's really it's, it's a way of living. That helps us to focus on the truly important things in life. And we see that in this next, um, the next verses in this James passage. He's, we need to set our hearts to hear and apply the Bible. A lifetime of hearing the Bible without applying it is just going to lead uh, us to us deceiving ourselves. Take a look at James 1, through 25. It says, but be doers of the word. In his doing, can you imagine being at a party? You've just had a piece of cake, and you, you didn't know it, but you were saving a little piece for later. Up here, you got a, some frosting or something on your cheek. You're relating to people, and you're talking, and you're talking to people. You go to the restroom. You you look in the mirror. You see the piece of cake on your face. That's what this this verse is talking about. You would wipe it immediately. But when we go to the Bible, when we read what it says and we don't do what it says, we just hear it, we don't do it. We're like the person who goes in the mirror, sees the cake and thinks, oh, hey, there's some cake there. And you walk away and you forget to wipe the cake off your face. That's what this is talking about here. We can deceive ourselves in a lot of different ways. We can deceive ourselves in thinking that we're just we're too busy in life. We think that we don't have the time. To spend uh, reading the Bible and much less time applying it to our lives or we just minimize the impact of, of what the Bible's saying about our life We think yeah, that, that's nice, but it's really not that big of a deal So I'm just going to keep doing things this way or we can treat it like like I did my history class in high school Where I I would read the read the book get all the, the facts down and then later that day I couldn't even tell you the dates that were on the test that day. In reality, life is really one big test in all sorts of areas of life, in our, in our attitudes and how we relate to authority and how we handle relationships, in our decision making, in our money. And God brings the challenge to act on all these areas. Take a look at, again at what verse 25 says. It says, But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer but forget but being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. The blessing is in the doing of what the Bible says. We may we may have all the answers. We may even be teaching others about what we know, but if we aren't doing what God is challenging us to act on then we're just setting ourselves up for major disasters in in every arena of our life because hearing only without applying, it just puts our family at risk. It it puts our relationships at risk because we're missing out on the blessing that comes from taking the word of God and applying it to our lives. Then the verse also says to persevere. Persevere in doing this. It's easy to just listen to, to a message or listen to uh, read the Bible or, or listen to what somebody has to say about the Bible. It's easy to just listen to that and then go about the rest of our day, the rest of our week, without taking the time to apply it to our lives because it takes some work to figure out what is the Bible saying and how does that impact my life here and now. So we have to persevere to do that. Then James continues on to show us what it looks like to be doers of the word. And we, we see that God, he, God's word grows us through life's pressures as we let God's word continually rearrange our priorities. God is really after our heart. He wants to transform our, our lives. He wants to transform our hearts so that it impacts everything that we do. James 1, 26 to 27 talks about this. It says, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. And to keep oneself unstained from the world. James isn't saying that, you know, true religion is just relating to the the widows and orphans. But what he is saying is that that's the type of thing that flows out of your life when when you have submitted yourself to doing what the Bible says. Those types of things, you're going to have a heart change. You're going to care about different things, your priorities, your perspective. Your values are going to change as you conform and 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 apply more and more what the Bible is saying. As we do this, all all of a sudden our heart begins to respond to what is on God's heart with people, with with in in relation to eternity, His mission, righteousness, and justice. We start to get God's perspective on things without responding to the word of god then it says our religion is worthless without life change we just know a lot of facts and things so we're not putting into practice what the bible says so what what does this all look like practically talked a lot about knowing and and doing but how do you know the bible and then put it into practice and then do it There's a couple different ways to hear the Word of God. One is, you know, listen to messages. Come on Sunday mornings, listen to messages, hear the the Word of God uh, spoken to you. Another is to to listen to people um, and how they're taking the Bible and applying it to their lives. Um, A lot of times this happens in groups at Church in the Valley or happens on teams as you're serving together and you hear different people, how they're applying things to their lives. Then another way is spend consistent time reading and applying the Bible for yourself. A lot of people call this their quiet time with God. Uh, some of you might be more familiar with that than, than others. Um, but I have included in your program, there's an extra handout that I'd like you all to, to take out and look at with me. Um, it's a pray acrostic for spending time with God, for having a quiet time. And I'd like to go through that with you all today some of you might be really familiar with this others it might be the first time you're seeing this but I've found that no matter how many times I go through this acrostic it usually leads to me adjusting how I spend time with God so I think this could this will be helpful to you this morning so this is just a guideline for how to spend time with God how to spend time reading the Bible and then persevering to see how to apply it to our lives. The P, it's for pray. The P in the pray acrostic is for pray. Um, You want to clear your mind. So when we sit down to spend time with God in the morning or when when you have time, you want to clear your mind. Pray through your day what's coming up. And the reason we want to do this is ask God for help with the things that are coming up. And then it'll help us to be able to focus as we read the Bible, what's going on. You might need to have a, a notepad handy to write down notes about things that are coming up. In the day a lot of times when I sit down to read something my mind starts to wander Oh, I got to do this today and that and if I don't write it down Then i'm just going to think about that the whole time and not what i'm reading so that might be a help to you Also pray ask god for insight ask god to show you what he wants you to get out of the passage that you're reading Then set yourself to obey god um, Is the next thing commit say god, please show me what I need to do In my life, help me to to work it in to my life and then read, read through a passage of scripture. Uh, One time you might need to read through it more if it's a longer passage or take note of different areas that as you're reading, God's speaking to you. Um, Depending on where you're reading in the Bible, you might want to read a chapter at a time. You might want to read a paragraph at a time. You might want to read one verse at a time, Um, but read through the, the passage of scripture, asking God to show you. How to apply it to your life. And then the A is apply. Apply it to your life. Make a bridge from the Bible passage to your life today. And you can do this by asking some questions. There's another acrostic on on the page. It's Space Pets. So that's, I don't know, it's just kind of funny. Space Pets. Um, But ask these questions as you read the Bible. And as you ask these questions, it helps you to figure out how to apply it to your life. First question is, is there a sin to confess? As you're reading through the Bible, it, did something come up that, oh, I did that yesterday. I need to clear that up with with my wife. Or I need to clear that up with my kids. Or I just need to ask God's forgiveness for how I'm I'm relating in a certain way. Is there a promise to claim? Is there a promise in the passage to claim? Is there an attitude to change? Is there a command to obey? An example to follow? Is there a prayer to pray back to God? Sometimes there's prayers in the scripture that we want to use to pray back to God. Is there an error to avoid? Is there a truth to believe? Is there something to praise God about? As you work through these questions in relation to the Bible passage that you're reading, it really helps you to bring it back to application. What can I do about this in my life? And then the why in the praise is yield. Yield to God's will for your life. Take heart and to do what he said. It's in this daily time with God that we can develop our relationship with him. We can talk to him about all the worries, all the things going on. We can verbalize just the, the, the pains that are going on in life, the things that are hard, that are going on. And then we can read the Bible. And see how we can apply it to our lives as we're challenged to act through this time with God It helps us to become better employees to become better spouses better parents better friends better students As we spend time with God and and work it into our lives it, It brings about just a blessedness to our life That we can only get through applying The Bible to our life life doesn't make life perfect But there is just a a sweetness to life that comes from taking God's word, applying it to our lives, to to walking with him. Most weeks we discuss um, our next steps with God. The reason that we do this is really because of the principle of the the blessing is in doing. Um, The blessing is in the doing of applying the word of God. And so we we don't want people to leave week after week, year after year, or decade after decade without experiencing this blessing that comes from doing it. So we're going to take some time today, just look at at some next steps and see um, if there's any that you might want to take today. So as the band comes up, um, I'd like to just go over some next steps with you this morning. The first next step, um, and these are on the back of your connection card that Joel was talking about earlier. So first next step that you might want to take is just to use the prayer, the pray acrostic five times this week. Read the Bible, um, go work through the pray acrostic um, and, and try to work it into your life. That might be a next step for you today. Another one might be to memorize James one twenty two. Maybe there's some some ways that you think I've been hearing the word of God, but not doing it. And this will help you to to remind you to do it. Um, James 122 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. And then another next step might be that you want to read John, Acts and Romans. That might be maybe you're wondering, where's there a place to start in the Bible um, that you that where should I start? Um, Read the bible in a jar john acts and romans. It gives you a good picture of the new testament And it'll really help you to get a handle on jesus's life. And then um, What happened shortly after that? Would you pray with me as we continue to worship? God we thank you um, For revealing yourself Through the bible to us to just giving us this this guidance and um, perspective on life that only comes from you, and um, I just pray that you would help us to to take what the Bible says and to work it into our lives so that we can really um, live the best life possible um, that you have for us. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.